I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Hi, Jen. Hi, Danita. In the last episode, last podcast, we ended with, like, just randomly ended talking about death and, like, our connection to it and dying alone and what that feels like. Yeah, what a way to leave it, hey? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we're afraid of death for these reasons, but we're going to get into it now. We're going to get into it. And, you know, we're also going to get into a little bit more about that life transformation because we talked a little bit about, like, how leaving social circles behind can be so huge, but we didn't really talk about like how your identity shifts. And so like you have your sense of self actually has a fundamental shift. So then you have like this new self-concept about yourself with your new circumstances and your new goals and your new priorities and everything. But then when you have that shift in identity, you kind of lose who you are a little bit. Like your old self is no longer your new self. But then that means you also have to recognize that your old self still is your new self. It's just like you've created a new baseline, like you've created a new new perspective. A new perspective, a new baseline shift. And as you had mentioned in a couple earlier podcasts, about, you can recreate your baseline as you move through life and just keep changing it, leveling up the baseline. Yeah, like growing your baseline. Did you lose your identity or did you just grow your baseline? We're going to talk about the 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 death, the the dying alone and that fear that I have and you you shared that you have a similar fear. My fear of dying alone, the first time that I sat up in bed, I was probably seven years old. I'd seen something on TV and it was like this explosion had happened somewhere. And I thought the explosion was happening like in my town. Yeah. And so I laid awake in bed every night thinking like, is tonight the night? Oh, no. And then I heard we had like a, what did we have? Some sort of power plant or something. I don't know, in our town. Yes. And I heard that it could explode. (laughs) And I don't know if that's actually what I heard or if that's just kind of like. The story you told? The story I told myself. So I was waiting for this plant to explode like. No. Forever. No. And I just, yeah, I just remember like laying in bed paralyzed with fear every single night being like, like, is this it? Like, I might die. I would dream about it. I was terrified to talk about death. I was terrified to hear about death. Like just everything, everything around it. You thought death was coming every night, potentially. Yeah. And I was like, what is going to happen to me when that happens? I don't know. You know, I had all these questions. I've lived with that forever. and. Then my biggest fear turned into I'm going to, because I would fly lots of places. Yeah. And as I was flying, I thought that the plane was going to crash and I was going to survive the plane crash, but then I was going to get eaten by a shark. No. And that's how I was going to die. I was like in the water eaten by a shark. After a plane crash? After a plane crash, I was going to survive. No problem. I could survive the crash. <laughs> no problem. But it was the shark that was going to get me. 
So then that even impacted when I went surfing. I could surf. You surf all the time. I know. So it wasn't until within the past couple of years, again, that that shifted. I actually had like a experience that I had to spend time on my fear of sharks and like dying in the water so that I could surf because I would go out for a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden, something in me would just start like panicking. And I was like, I got to get out of the water. Like, this is it. My time's up, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I got to get out. Cue the Jaws uh, theme music. (laughs) Exactly. Seriously. It might even been Jaws that caught like, you know, that. Well, Jaws traumatized a lot of children. (laughs) Myself included, baby. I don't even remember watching the movie, but I could have. So I had to do a lot of work about it on specifically sharks and the water. Oh my gosh. Yep. But it wasn't until, so I had a workshop and during the workshop, we really connected to our inner child. At the end of it, we had this huge ceremony and during the ceremony, there was like seven different stations and you spent time in each one of the stations. You would connect with your inner child and like, so for me, I introduced my inner child to every one of the stations and like, just was like, okay, I'm going to see all of this and be curious through a child's eyes, like what this all means. So one of the stations was like connecting to nature. We looked up at the stars and, and you know, my biggest fear was death. So it's like introducing my child to, I call her little me, to the stars and being like, we are stardust. And she was like, that's super cool. You know, like, and just how, what the conversation would be like if you were to introduce it to a child, like their curiosity. And then another one was you had to look in the mirror. You looked in the mirror and you were meant to see like yourself through your child's eyes. Wow. Like through your inner child's eyes. And then another one was introducing yourself to someone that you could serve, like and serve and then how you can serve the world. Nice. And so for me, you can serve the world by sharing your voice and sharing your experiences so that you can help people. And then another one was... Well, isn't she just spot on? Isn't she spot on? (laughs) And then another one was introducing to my ancestors, the people that I know, and then also the people that I didn't know, but then I'd heard stories about, you know, just sharing all of that with them and then really connecting to it. And another one was staring at a skull and it was death. No way. Yeah. And that that was by far the hardest one for me. And I spent, I would say like an hour at that, in that position, just doing a lot of work on and self-reflection on what that means and what, what that meant for that little girl. And at the end of it, it was like that we're not alone, like we're in it together. Oh. And that we have nature and we have the stars and we have like our ancestors and we have all this purpose in life. We've had these meaningful experiences and we have like community and all of this stuff so that when we go into it, we're not alone, we're in it together. And that shifted how I viewed death entirely. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm completely comfortable with it, but I am significantly more comfortable with it than I was. I'm so happy. You're not going to go and pet a shark. You are comfortable with what death means to you and little you. And little me. And that was the biggest thing was comforting little me. Yes. Surrounding what death means and is. That's a very difficult one. In that experience, I was able to give myself meaning to death. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about the connection to stars and nature and the universe and community and 
what would be considered potentially the scariest or loneliest moment of death. I can't imagine what obviously that feels like because I've never had a near-death experience. But that if you can at least tell your little you or yourself in that moment that there is that connection and support and almost comfort would feel much better. And I like the way that you phrase that. I'm going to try to use that in my own life. You know what? It was also like there was a station where you connected to your God, your spirituality, your beliefs. Yes. And that can be none or some, whatever that is, connecting to it and truly believing in it. Yeah. And having faith and hope and, again, comfort from it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that, Danita. Both your experience from when you were young and that explosion. Oh, I just wish someone was there to tell you that no. Like, well, you know what? I think people did tell me, but it didn't matter. Like, you could tell me all you want. Like, logically, my mom told me it's not going to happen. Right. I felt that so deep into my soul. (laughs) Like, I felt it. There was absolutely no talking me out of it. That's for sure. It was in that moment, like through that work that again, you know, you kind of have a shift in your identity and that's full circle from the beginning of the conversation today is how that identity shift when it happens and your self-concept and your sense of self changes, how your views change. All of a sudden I feel like more connected to nature. I'm more aware of it, more aware of that need for me to be around it and to be in it. And then that means obviously that has an influence on where I live and how I live and then also who I spend time with. Because if someone absolutely does not like going for a walk in the forest, and that's what I like to do every day, we might not be able to connect as much anymore because I'm too busy walking in the forest. Like that's (laughs) a big exaggeration, but it's kind of a parallel there of how things change from meaningful experiences and how that can be lonely but then how that can also be so impactful and so amazing. And empowering you to level up your next baseline to the next experience that you'll go through. Exactly. Exactly. Nailed it, Jen. That was my experience in connection to being alone, feeling alone related to death. And your story actually brought me comfort, even hearing it secondhand and just the way in which I can think about, as I often do and think about death, which is, what I do every second day. I appreciate you sharing. Where did you go? This is some of the type of work that I do. They can go to me, but they can also go. It was an amazing place called Pachamama in Costa Rica. And it is a community down there. You join the community for your workshop days. Some people spend like weeks, months, years there, usually joining workshops, doing a lot of self-reflection. There's one course down there where you literally stare in someone else's eyes for hours and days. Wow. That's the whole purpose of the course. And then how that shifts and changes you. There's so many really cool, radical, not so radical experiences that can be had there. They do like a detox program, even if you just want to go down and and detox and do like juice a juice cleanse detox. That can also happen. You actually join the community when you're in that community there's no money. You have to go to like the front desk and you buy, I think it's called, oh, I forget. It's like Chakotas. A new currency. And this currency for the community. And then if you want to do any of the stuff, you have to use this currency. And then you can also volunteer at it so that these workshops can be free and that your accommodation can be free. It's a very basic accommodation. Nice, but basic. Kareem was the man who led the workshop. 
and he was incredible. He also does workshops in Europe. So he lives half the year in Europe and half the year in Costa Rica. It's based on the idea of primal emotions. So I talk about primal emotions a lot, core wounds a lot. This primal emotions one is really connected to your inner child, ages zero to seven, your relationship with your parents. And then from your relationship with your parents, what have they passed down to you? What's been passed down to you from them that was never yours to keep? That is the one of the whole ideas behind that workshop. Well, that sounds phenomenal. And if everyone can get a chance, they're ever in Costa Rica. And if not, they can connect with Danita anytime on her website to get more info on the whole experience and the offerings that you have as well. In general, that type of workshop, all of them really, they're all connected to revisiting past traumas to find meaning. Everything that I do, everything that's done there, I would say that's my overarching generalization that that's the point of it. We all need to find meaning. Finding meaning from our grief, finding meaning from our traumas, finding meaning from big transformations, and then from that meaning, integrating it into our lives so that we have purpose. Yes. What a gift. That was that experience. I highly recommend. I'm booking my ticket. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Thank you, Danita. I appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life, to find awareness in their truth and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube, where I share healing sound meditations. And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.